Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Seventh Man Podcast. I'm Will Barina. I'm the chief editor of Dimer2K.com. I'm Josiah Cohen, the managing editor of Dimer2K.com. And I'm Len, senior analyst of Dimer2K.com. We're back for episode 23. You can check out all of our previous episodes on the YouTube channel. Just search for the Seventh Man Podcast and uh, most of our episodes on iTunes, Podbean, and Spotify as well. As always, we want to thank every anyone for listening to us for all the support. It is always appreciated. Last time out, gentlemen, we previewed the ticket. So uh, why don't we just go ahead and review the ticket? Obviously, Warriors Gaming wins. They secure the first playoff berth of the season. Uh, their second tournament win this season. They won the turn as well. Are we surprised by the Warriors winning this, Josiah? You know what? For a tournament full of surprises, Warriors gaming winning it all was, was not really the craziest surprise by any stretch of the imagination. They're they're a grinded-out team. They're, they're one of the best teams in the league, and they get the job done. They have a lot of great players. So you know, I think there are plenty more surprises uh, in the tournament as a whole. You know, And for the fifth seed to win it, you know, especially with all the top seeds that have been knocked out before they even played a single game, that's not it's not a huge surprise. And I think that's just a testament to how good and how skillful they are at getting the job done in tournaments. Even considering the fact that this is the first time any team has won two straight in-season tournaments? You know, I'm a big fan of tournament history. And if you're a tournament team, then you're a tournament team. And it's pretty clear that the Warriors are a tournament team. Okay. Len, what do you think? Yeah, for me, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it's so much tournament history. I would just say, I know we spoke on it a little bit last uh, last week when we were previewing um, the tournament. We, You know, we spoke a lot how this year's gameplay catered more to, you know, teams that were actually good, uh, remaining consistent. Uh, you, know, all, you know, although there is parity and stuff like that, I think that um, the best teams are the best teams this year um you know i i um we saw 76ers win the 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 tip off and then they made the finals uh and lost to the warriors at the turn um so you know they were really close to winning back to back as well uh but then we saw the warriors finally do it this year and yeah i mean uh they beat the pacers and even though the pacers were a low seed they've kind of been a um they they were a really strong team to start out the season uh, they just kind of had some hiccups there uh, when, you know, people were finally um, figuring out uh, what their true weakness was. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't say I'm sh- I'm shocked at war at Warriors gaming. I, I think I, I, you know, as Josiah hit on, there's much bigger surprises. Um, uh, if I didn't pick, I ended up picking Blazer Five, and if I didn't pick Blazer Five, I think I was leaning towards Warriors gaming squad, but. Um, yeah, I I think I kind of had some reservations due to the fact no one's won it um, two times in a row. But since you know after I saw that they won it two times in a row, it, uh, it was more so a, a fact of yeah understanding how this gameplay uh, this year's gameplay works out. So what is the biggest surprise of this tournament then? Because we had Blazer Five Gaming going out in the first round, Mavs Gaming getting upset uh, early on. Knicks making it all the way to the semifinals. Um, crazy comeback in that Cavs game. Uh, what was the biggest surprise of this tournament, Josiah? The Knicks. Uh, and, and I don't think there's there's much of a question about it. This is a team we we had 
on the ropes and really, you know, even out of the ring big time. Um, and as the 18 seed, they, they came in, they, they beat Jazz Gaming in an emotional uh, first game. They pulled off one of the upsets of the tournament, knocking off the Mavs in the next round. They had that insane comeback against the Cavs in the in the quarterfinals. And they did it all without, you know, 2018 first-round pick Goofy in the lineup. So the fact that the Knicks, a team that we thought, I thought, were, were completely out of the running, um, were able to do such incredible things and make such an impressive run without probably their best player is, is really, really shocking. Um, and it made for incredibly good tournament viewing. Do you agree, Len? Yeah, yeah, I pretty much agree. I think um, the the bigger shock for me was how well they did without Goofy, but I know he hit on that. But I think that's a bigger shock than me or to me than them doing it in general. Uh, but yeah, I mean, everyone on that team pretty much played the best they've played this year. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, they all did. Like Idris played great at center. Haza has played, he's been playing pretty well, but I think even at this tournament, he uh, upped his standards a little bit. Ye, who looked like he couldn't play lockdown at all at the beginning of the season this year, uh, where they started him at, um, looked really great in this tournament. And then obviously, uh, a lot of people picked Malik for, uh, you know, one of the more outstanding players in this tournament. So yeah, I, I mean, just in general, the whole team overall, it was, it was, um, yeah, pretty shocking to see. I think there was a couple other teams too. Obviously, Heat Check Gaming. Uh, that's not as shocking, in my opinion, just because um, you know the talent that they have on paper, the way that they were able to uh, sort of manipulate their lineup to cater to their strengths in a player like Hotshot, like they were able to do last year with Five Out. Um, but yeah, I think out of those two teams, the two finalists last year, they kind of showed uh, kind of what they did last year. They both were second half teams. Uh, they both kind of struggled early on last year too. Uh, just might be a little too late. And I think mathematically it's too late for the Knicks and, and, you know, it's kind of a lottery chance for, for heat check to, to, to squeak in now if they were to win out and, you know, some of the, some of the other games fell in their favor, um, numbers wise, but yeah, um, though, yeah, those two are my, my biggest. No love for. Blazer 5 now going five straight tournaments, including the playoffs with a first round or group stage exit. Well, that's, that that's, that's, well, that that's, that's more than this yeah. tournament. That's more than this tournament. Yeah, sort of. Oh, yeah. 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 No, but I think, you know, if the Knicks had been the ones to beat them, I think that would have been more shocking. Um, but no, I mean, it, yeah, you have to wonder is it par for the course now where the Blazers sort well, of yeah, in well, round one? I don't, I don't think that'll repeat itself uh, in the playoffs, but. History certainly hasn't shined on them ever since winning the turn. Well, I mean, it kind of, people, I think, started noticing it in this tournament. It's like, wait a minute, like, Blazer 5 has been terrible lately in tournaments. Like, I, I don't remember that kind of talk during the turn or the tip-off or anything like that. Oh, it was a time to get a coach. Well, and then to get a coach for just these moments. Huh? Yeah, that's uh, that. That's my question. But I mean, it was yeah, like you said, Will. Like it was, it was a back and forth game with Heat Check, and then as we got into the fourth quarter, you know, they it was still kind of close, and you heard Dirk and Scott talking like, "Hey, you know, Blazer Five hasn't been winning these games lately, and um, 
you know, then it got lower in the or later in the game, and all of a sudden you saw the Heat jump out to a five point lead or whatever, and you're like, oh crap! Now, I mean, they had a chance there to hit a couple shots at the end. I think um, Walnut got a few offensive rebounds, and, and they had a chance to hit it. But I mean, that's similar to the T Wolves game where Mama had a chance to to hit a three there at the end of, of the game at the at the turn as well. So I mean. Yeah, it's just minor things. It's not like they're getting killed, but I mean, it is something to to see where it's like the best team, you know, arguably in the history of the league. Last year they were the best team in regular season. This year they're the best team in regular season, but they now five straight um tournaments including last year's playoffs, they've they've literally lost the first game. It's not like they're losing in the finals or losing in the semifinals. Uh it, it's just pretty remarkable. And now that the the, the next tournament we're coming up into is going to be the playoffs and you know that's even more pressure for them now because everyone's going to be you know down their neck saying you know you've lost five straight how, you know how's this going to work out finally now it's going to be a lot of pressure i'm interested well, the to new see. playoff yeah. the new playoff format is going to be a big help to them best out of three in the first two rounds yeah that's and, true too you, know, it, you have yeah. to think they, they probably would have uh, come out of the quarterfinals against the next last year the best of three um, but yeah, that's that's not to discredit what the Knicks did. Uh, a remarkable upset there. Um, but I think you know you have to favor the Blazers in any series, um, just because Mom and Walnut and the entire team really is, is is so good. And you know, so they'll have a chance to bounce back from this extremely long, disappointing stretch in tournament play. Um, but I think they very much have the wherewithal to do it. Yeah. Um, speaking of that loss, by the way, to Heat Check. Obviously, the big story there is the Heat moving to hot shot on the post score. And it was kind of like uh, almost like a pseudo five out where you just hand it to hot shot and you surround him with shooters. Kind of a little bit comparable to last season's shot creating slasher. And the Pacers um, ran a little bit of that. Maybe not, I guess, as extremely as the heat did but is is this the start of maybe other teams are going to try going to this post score more i i mean it takes it takes a really darn good player to be able to um run the entire show on the post score hotshot is a particularly good passer uh from the post and other players are not necessarily that. We have to see a little more consistency. You know, if they if they do continue to run this lineup, which is, is no guarantee, um, we need to see more consistency. Remember, Plondo had a phenomenal game in his in his first game on the post score, and then uh, came out with a dud in this tournament on the post score. Um, so we'll see a little more consistency. That'd be the way to go. Um, but you know, the one mark in in the Heat's favor is that Hotshot is just good enough to do it, and. While that might not get them back into the playoffs, you know he's certainly he's certainly pretty much the guy you would want to turn to, you know, if you are going to be so heavily reliant on one particular player, one particular position, and one particular archetype. Yeah, famous called Hotshot the best player in in the world, which I mean he, he when you think about it, he's been at the top of three positions now or or three archetypes if you want to argue that. We're not, uh, even just putting aside his great play at center, which is what he came into the league as, he was the best shot creating slasher in season one and looked pretty darn good uh, on the post score this season. So that's three positions now um, Hotshot has dominated at. 
Yeah, I've I've heard I've heard far more outlandish claims. I'd still give it. I I still give it to Mama right yeah, now. Right now it is. Right now I'd still give it to Mama. But you know, Hotshot has to be in that top five for sure. Top three maybe. Let's not have this conversation now and infuriate <laughs> infuriate every single person. I mean, these things fluctuate. It's a pyramid. So it's a pyramid of players. <laughs> that's, yeah, well, that, yeah, that's my thing. <laughs> that's my thing is that it, it constantly fluctuates. I think, you know, even as, you know, la- last year, I mean, he was a finalist last year. I think Mamo was even an MB- MVP finalist he was, last yeah. year. But but neither were MVP, you know. So it is interesting to just, you know, it's hard, it's hard to weigh in a sense because last year was very, you know, uh, the gameplay was very catered towards the big man, towards the shot slasher. This year, it's catered more to the point guard. It's hard to like weigh, uh, in a sense, which uh, like who's the better player when you look at a player who's a big man. You look at a player as a point guard. That I think they're both, you know, respectively the best, uh, you know, arguably the best at their positions. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it is. It, we could go on all day. I could find things that, you know, Mama's better at or you know, hot shots better at, but I, I, I think it is safe to say that they're both, you know, they're some there. of the best in, they're yeah, they're, yeah, the, they're some of the best the in, the, in the league, in the world. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I guess that's that then on the ticket, uh, plenty of surprises, not the most surprising result in the end, ironically enough. Um, this does, I don't think this changes the playoff picture all that much because the Warriors were going to get in anyway, right? Right, well, it's good for teams in the extremely big bubble in that the Warriors are getting in, getting in anyway. Now it's it's really all about the top eight, you know, getting to the top eight as opposed to you know having to get to the top seven with one you know annoying team down below who's who's already locked up a spot. So it, it's good in that sense for teams lower down. Seeding will still you know be affected by what the Warriors wind up doing in their last five games. Uh, so that's something to watch, especially with the series that'll that'll have more of an impact now. Um, but yeah, it, it's 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 not changing things as much as the Knicks shook things up last year. Yeah, and I mean that that still doesn't make it any easier for these playoff teams because it's still just kind of a mess. Um, I, I don't even like how many teams would you say are safe? Like the the top six, may, maybe like safe you think safe like it's like, safe in what sense like safe as in we're we're confident i don't want to say i like i don't want to commit like 100 percent confident to me like I'll, the only teams like i'm 100 percent on the, are blazer five mavs and the warriors obviously yep that's the and then the 76ers maybe 97 percent 76ers are up there, but... But not 100. Uh, definitely not 100. Not 100. Not 100. Not 100. And the Kings very much less so. Yeah. The yeah. the optimism I find in the 76ers is that when they need to win, they show they need to win. You know, when we, they went into that regular season stretch where they were like, oh, crap, they're 4-2, and two, whatever. You know, they're falling off the, the, the top of the pack. Uh, they ended up... I think they're on like a three-game winning streak now in the regular season. Uh, they've won a tournament already that, that when... Um, they they went on that two game losing streak before the turn tournament. They came into the turn tournament and looked like they were going to win it. They ended up losing in the finals, um, and then yeah, this tournament they lost. But I think that when you know when the going gets tough, they figure out ways to win. So I, I'm pretty confident in them too. But but that's why I was asking because it, it is interesting to see because even though a team from the bottom skyrocketed last year and automatically got a, a berth with winning the ticket in Knicks gaming, it's still only seven spots. 
you know, like even though there was only seven spots last year and one of those got taken away for, say, like the eighth seed last year, uh, still the eighth seed this year is not going to make it in. Or wait, no, they'd still make it in. Sorry. Yeah. But uh, but like, the you know, teams on the fringe, it's they're still going to with how close the standings are. The teams on the fringe are still going to, you know, there's going to be some drama. I, I already know just because. You know, we look at the A seed right now. Bucks Gaming is six and five. Magic Gaming six and five. Nets GC is five and five, and it doesn't look like this is going to shift too much. Like obviously, teams could make jumps, but it looks like it's going to be in that one to half a game type, you know, type range until we get to that last week. So. Um, so okay, I, I have a question for you. Yeah. Kingsguard Gaming seven and four right now. Pacers Gaming six and four, but with a major lineup change lately who are you more confident in there and yeah i i mean how can you not be confident in pacers gaming i yeah. i think that their their only issue all season long seemed to be being able to score in the, in the half court and it seemed like all tournament uh you know they were able to do it well enough and even you know turn in historic numbers from from Ramo in in doing so but and I get it like there were some games where oh they only scored 50 points only the, oh they only scored 52 points with this team I mean you're kind of fine with that you have the best you know outside of Warriors uh outside of the Warriors defense this is probably the second best defense in the league uh so you know I think now they're showing a, lo- a little bit more consistency on the offensive end they're even getting you know 20 point games had a Swizzerk at point guard they're getting games, you know, great games out of man and car. You know, Ramo obviously is having 40-point games, 30-point games consistently now. Uh, I don't know. It just seems like they've kind of found their identity. Um, I think they were kind of pu- trying to push so hard for, for Maddie to work at point guard. Uh, and, you know, just w- it, even though it was working well enough for them to be a top five, top ten team there for a while, I think they realize if they're really going to want to win it all, they're really going to have to figure out a lineup that can beat the best teams in the league. And I think we finally saw that in this tournament and a little bit before when they started running this lineup. Josiah, what, what would you put the chances of Pacers gaming making the playoffs? I I like the chances that the Pacers have to make the playoffs. I think Swizzirk, uh, as Len sort of touched on, is the most important aspect in their playoff hunt right now um and you know you 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 sort of know what you're going to get from Ramo, especially if he c- continues to come out on the post score um you you know you get you know what you're getting from Beezus. wolf obviously one of the top lockdowns in the league man in the car has been good as we expected he would be um if he ever came into the lineup you know but he's he's going to be your secondary sharp but swizzer really has the fate of the team on his shoulders a point guard um you know just because that was the one position we all said they really needed to fill. And if, if Swizzer can continue to master the primary ball handling duties there and you know, continue to be one of the best shooters in the league, which you know, is, is what we should expect, then, then they could, could be in for a long run. Uh, but if, if Swizzer still doesn't give them a chance to match up against some of the best teams and the best point guards in the league, then we'll see. We will see. This this what I'll say with these two teams in comparison, Kingsguard and Pacers. I think they're polar opposites in the sense that Kingsguard's identity is is their offense, and when their defense is is on point, 
they look as as good as the, you know as as we've seen them be. Pacers on the opposite end, their defense is their identity, and when their offense is clicking, they're the best we see them. You know, they're the best that we see them be. So um, I think that's the difference in them. And, and when when you think like confidence levels as far as playoff hopes and things of that sort, I think that's how you have to weigh it. Like, do you are you counting more on Kingsguard defense showing up, or are you counting more on Pacers? gaming uh offense showing up because we know Kingsguard offense can show up uh and we know Pacers gaming uh defense could show up but um when when the when the other side of the ball isn't going how they should when Zachy Chan and and Yusuf aren't playing the best defense when um when Maddie wasn't scoring or you know if if Swizzer uh, gets held up or if Ramo uh uh isn't scoring how how you need him to um what I, I think what what can you count on more so, Knicks, Wizards, Hawks, 76ers, Celtics, and Nets is the Pacers' remaining schedule, which is very manageable. Um, mostly teams kind of in that middle tier, obviously the 76ers probably being the uh, hardest team out of that bunch. So maybe this isn't as close a question as I thought it was going to be. At the same time, they lose just their next game. They're six and five, and they're right back into that gigantic cluster with your Bucks gamings and your Magic gamings and your Nets and your Jazz and everything like that. So they're they they are probably going to make it. They're definitely not out of the woods yet. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, then let's talk about the team that currently sits at seventh, which. I'm having it's hard I think to really get a um to peg this team down Cavs Legion GC they're 7 and 5 right now they were a game away from the semifinals at the ticket uh before that just monumental collapse at the hands of Knicks gaming how do we feel about them oh man it's it's almost the inverse of the Pacers question in, in the sense that, you know, the Pacers, 6-4, and four, you think, oh, maybe they have an edge up on the bubble because they, if they get just one win, they go up to 7-4, to and, four, and, you know, we're pretty confident about 7-4. and four. But the Cavs, we know, we know what they've got. They've only got four games left. That's the fewest remaining for any team in the league. They're on a four-game run, but they're also coming off that miserable, miserable collapse to Knicks gaming in the ticket. They themselves had a remarkable comeback win earlier this year. So, you know, do they bounce back from this this really really bad loss? I expect so, um, and I at the same time I think they've got enough you know where they can feel not comfortable certainly, but where they can feel all right. We've we've done well to put ourselves in a position where we need to be, and you know the trade the trade is, has very much worked. Acquiring Trey from the Raptors for sick has very much worked. They found a good lineup. And if Savage continues to produce a point guard, I think this is a team that very much can and should make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the only thing—it's tough because when you look at this roster, you think, "Oh my gosh, I can't," you know, "I can't see how this roster makes the playoffs." And it's no disrespect to this roster; it's just with how you know how talented some of these 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 top-heavy roster or these you know these teams at the top are. Uh, when you look at Blazer Five, when you look at even uh, 76ers, the Mavs, just you look at these player, these rosters, and you say, okay, I know how this team is winning. With this team, you know, and again, it's no knock on any any of them, but uh, 
they they just been playing above expectation in my opinion. But what so the with that you really set, think that they're playing above expectation with oh guys oh, like think, Larry and Strainer and yeah I think so. I mean Trey Strainer, on the roster was sick. I think Trey has played well. Uh, you know I mean he was a retained player from last year, but I mean Gata Two K was. He was retained, but he wasn't like the one of the first two retained last year for this team. Larry uh, kind of wasn't really finding his footing till they finally till uh, you know I don't know who the decision maker if it was Anthony or what to to try Larry at center and move on from sick. But uh, I mean he didn't look like the best center last year, and then he wasn't playing at the beginning of this year, and now they moved him to it, and he's playing extremely well. So I think definitely for him he's playing above expectation. Um, yeah, I mean. But what I could say with this team, I think what's like with com- with them in, c- in comparison to other teams, I'm sorry, trying to get out this point, but they're beating the teams that they're supposed to beat. Like the 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 teams they beat on the the fourth on that on that four game winning streak. Uh, I'm trying to remember who it was, uh, but you know they they're beating teams who aren't necessarily in the top ten, and that you know them being in the top ten are supposed to beat. And so they're winning those games, and then uh, they ended up beating Wizards. Uh, they were up on the Knicks, so until the Knicks, they've probably been beating teams that they should be beating. Uh, but now they face the Wizards in this upcoming week. And then after that, I think they play the Bucks and the Celtics. But uh, So I think those will be two difficult games. But I don't know. I, just, I think that's why, in comparison to like other teams, like when we talk about Hawks Talon, where, oh, you know, they'll look like a great team against Warriors game, and then they come back and they lose to uh, Timberwolves or whoever it was they lost after that game. Uh, it, it, there, there's, like, confusion there. Like, okay, like, you're beating the good teams, but you're not beating the teams that you should be beating. With Cavs, it's like they're beating the, the teams that they should be beating or that they need to beat in order to be in the position that they're at. I think they're one of the teams who are doing that outside of the obvious of Blazer 5, Mavs gaming, and things of that sort. Well, okay, so let's look at their their schedule on this four-game winning streak since you bring it up. Mm-hmm. Knicks gaming, Lakers gaming, T-Wolves gaming, and uh, Hawks talent. So yeah. Yeah. definitely think, not the strongest schedule, and they yeah. needed the big comeback against the T-Wolves to pull that off. And the, the whole hiccup at the end of the Knicks game. That was, one, that was the craziest game this year, maybe outside of the Blazer 5 heat check game that we just saw at the turn but, or at the ticket. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, but like I said, though, like th- th- those are games you look at on paper, and if you're trying to make the playoffs, you're like, hey, we have to beat this team. We have to beat this team. We have to beat this team. And they're winning those games, whereas, like, you see other teams who are now falling off, like Hawks Talon, and they're, they're losing those games. So I think that's the difference with this team in comparison to, like, other teams in, in the middle of the pack right now. Okay. Any thoughts on all that, Josiah? Hawks Talon, Hawks Talon. Hawks Talon remains sub-33 winning percent team on the air. Um, and the T-Wolves, yeah. the T-Wolves somehow, the T-Wolves are very much still in it. Uh, Jay Money has been really, really strong. Um, yeah, no, I, I think the... I like the no, T-Wolves, yeah. The, the Cavs sort of came in with low expectations um, from from the outside perspective. Uh, but but Strainer's been one of the steals of the draft, for sure. Um Trey is phenomenal and, and always has been. Um, you know, uh, probably a lot of the overperformance I think lies in in the fact that they've had a very strange and tumultuous season with the suspension of Lake Pro and all that. Um, and, and by the way, they're they're really glad and, and lucky that 
that game was not you know handed to the Magic as, yes. as part of the punishment, that would change the entire playoff picture. Low right now. key, yes. The, the Magic would be seven and four, and the Cavs would be six and six, um, and that makes a big, big difference right now. Just a weird decision all around, I think. But go ahead. That yeah, that is crazy to think about. Oh, was that it? Yeah. Was was that your point? Okay. That was my yeah, point. No, well, I, so, I, I, go well ahead. and then for me, the last point, because I, when I was talking about players uh, playing above expectation, got a 2K, I mean, he's got to be top five right now for Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, Absolutely. he's been playing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's been one of the best lockdowns and just overall defensive players this year. And that's what I mean by above expectation. Like, yeah, we know he's a great player, but last year he would he wasn't that. And coming into this year, yeah, people knew he was a solid role player for this team, but he's playing at a level, you know, that makes, you know, makes other, you know, coveted lockdowns maybe, you know, not look that near the yeah, as good as he is you know he like he he's definitely in the top five my defensive uh player of the year ranking so far i don't think we we didn't see that last year he was he was a good player last year this was a playoff Cavs team that got contributions basically from every position i mean if they weren't if they weren't dead set on on dealing hood you know he would have been he would have been easily you know one of the two guys they protected and you know the fact that they were well, yeah. willing to give up a second round pick to to retain him, you know, certainly speaks volumes. Yeah, for sure. I'm just saying, as far as like, um, I don't know, like when you came in a defensive player of the year, we, you know, we're talking about Wolf, we're talking about uh, Gradient, you know, those type of guys. Uh, I don't think I don't think many people ever brought him up as you know potentially winning defensive player of the year this year, uh, and that that's just where he is. So. Sure. I, I, I don't know. W- was your point that, like, his season one set, like, it, it, this is surprising because of his season one play, I guess, was what I was confused yeah, about? Yeah, well, and, but that it's also, like, hard to weigh what, like, production from season one, a player, of, like, in his position compared to this year, whereas uh, last year, uh, lockdown wasn't really a thing last year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was, but it wasn't like you. If you if you held a player under forty points, it was a good game for a lockdown defender. Uh, whereas this year, you know, you're actually seeing players play play uh, play defense. So uh, that in that part, it's hard to to weigh it. I just think uh, as far as like um, ex- just expectation coming into the season, uh, I I like I knew he was a good player. I didn't know he was this good. That's how I say. Like to be, you know top five caliber lockdown defender uh, I did me personally I didn't expect it so he's playing above expectations in that sense for me okay all right what 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 are some other kind of big storylines with this playoff race right now we we have some good teams right now the magic I think I I, I think I'm the most confident in them making the playoffs of all these teams that are like eighth and below right now how many how many playoff teams from last year will do you think are making the playoffs this year? I've said just I I've said since before this season began, months before the season began, I said that we would only have like we would have less than half of season one's playoff teams returning in season two. Were you going somewhere with that, Josiah? I was no, I was setting you up. I was it's like yeah, put, putting the ball on a tee for you. Yeah, the ball okay. on a tee. I, 
uh, you know, see, we got to pat ourselves on the back because the only time people bring up things we predict is to say when we're wrong. So they never want to point out when we're right. And, and so, no, one, no one knows about patting himself on the back like Thought Leader Will. Yeah, I mean, you know, we all take turns on this podcast it's patting true. ourselves on the back. It's true. Anyways, it's not just me. Anyways, all of which is to say, you know. But I did say less than I, I. This was something I have receipts where I said I think less than half of the season one playoff teams are going to return for season two, um, and right now we're at what Blazer five, 76ers, and Sixers, and Cavs in the top eight at the moment. Yeah, with and two two are already. Out and with, arguably three, yeah, with, yeah, with the Bucks, the Mag or the Magic, Nets, Jazz, uh, all threatening. Raptors are into there too. They were a playoff team in season one, but it's looking pretty good right now. I'd say, yeah, it's, yeah, because yeah, the Pistons uh, obviously they're out at one and ten. Knicks are out at two and eight. Heat check, like we said, like we've been saying, like it's going to be a tough road for them to make it at four and seven. Um, so that's three teams I, already yeah. from last year. So Wizards know. are four and six. I, I don't mean, think yeah. Heat are making it. I, I think four and seven. I don't know. Like you have to I, win out, and you need help. And yeah, they have not guaranteed if, a chance themselves a chance to win out. If nine and seven is even is even good enough in the first place, some which, nine. I think some nine and seven teams will get in, and not you do, all, and not all. Okay. I think okay. that's how it's gonna gonna wind up. Like my thought right now is, I would only like, like, I would only I breathe I, at ten and six. I would only breathe at eleven, at wow. eleven wins. Wow, I'm not. I I don't think there'd be thoughts creeping in the back of my mind at at ten wins. To be quite honest with you. Well, to think so, if they won out, they'd be nine and seven, right? Yeah. There's two teams already with a better record than that. Like, they, two teams with 10 wins already. Then there's three teams, no, four teams, that already have seven wins who would only need to win two more games to get to that number. I don't know. That, yeah, that just seems like so... Yeah, it just doesn't seem like it's in their, you know, in their, uh, in the cards for them this year. Yeah, I mean, there, there's probably some... If, if you went through, like, all the schedules and everything and did some, like crazy magical math you could probably come up with like the safety point but that's well beyond my capabilities we're working on it yeah. we're working on it over here <laughs> we're, but we're I, working I think on it's, yeah. it's it's a big storyline though for the wider media perspective of the league though that neither finalist is back in the playoffs you know obviously you know, people in the know are aware that the meta change and they're aware of the protection and retention circumstances, uh, but you know, take any other sport and you say neither finalist is back in the playoffs at all this year. Again, the Heat might, might, might do it, but to say that to say that to say that neither finalist is back in the playoffs this year is a very big talking point. Yeah, yeah. and. and... I mean, even bigger, like even looking further into the future right now, both finalists are qualified for a top five pick in next year's draft, too. It's like it's not like they barely squeaked, you know, barely missed the playoffs. Uh, They're they're both at the bottom of the barrel right now. So I think that's even more interesting, something to look at. 
Well, I mean, they're both kind of having the same problems they had season one pre-patch. Um, I think it's just safe, safe to say that the patch, you know, was the reason they made the finals. I don't think I don't I think mean, that's it, a it, secret. Yeah, and you could kind of argue they kind of found, that the Heat check kind of found their patch now. So I mean, I would not be shocked if they won five uh, straight. That's a not little the late, here. unfortunately for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like uh, they've I, lost five the in a row. So yeah, yeah, very. So if they were to win five now, yeah, a lot just, late, a little late. Yeah. So it looked like what it did look like was that they were like I didn't see it didn't look like any team was going to beat them after they beat Blazer five. I don't know. They just looked so dominant on that build it looked like no one could stop hotshot but um uh, the kryptonite of the post score build as we saw with the, the slasher last year is that if you get down and you need some threes it's like where are they coming from all they're doing is letting the rim protector die uh guarding the post score well, and just letting you get two well that's why you go out and you trade for a sharpshooter isn't it yeah okay yeah Great segue, Josiah. You're welcome. You're all, when I had to do it. I had, it was just too. It was just, it was just too easy. I know you. I know there you was. There was a trade that happened. Moam going from the Jazz to the Heat uh, in exchange for Lottie, the lockdown, the lockdown defender. Josiah, uh, you gave your your trade grades on this. What were your grades for for these teams? They both got bees, but. I would also like to say, for the record, that the, the article about the trade was in the works for a very long time, um, and the idiots who don't think that don't know who they are. Um, all of which is to say, <laughs> all of which if is you know, to you say, know. If you know, if you, you know. know. You know. All of which is to say, uh, you know, an interesting trade, um, and probably not one we expected or, or really would have thought would be possible uh, before the season started and early on in the season. Um, Moam. You know, skilled score, over 15 points per game um, in the regular season. Lottie, one of the most efficient offensive locks, uh, and a good lock at that, going to play with uh, one of his best friends compete in Utah. The Heat have now turned over a full two-thirds of their roster in one trade window, which is unprecedented. Uh, And, you know, Famous has remarked how difficult it is to integrate a new player into the lineup. You know, if they stick with that post-score meta, then you know you have to think it might be a bit easier to integrate things since Moam is a knockdown shooter. They've been running that; they were running that shot sharp uh, at point guard in the ticket. They can slot Hood there and put Moam at shooting guard, or move Hood back to point guard, or whatever. And you know, if your job is just just to shoot, you know, you'll have an easier time figuring things out uh, on a new team. And then for the for the Jazz, you know, Lottie playing with one of his best friends, that's instant chemistry. Um, you think maybe they put him on the lock, move Deeds to the four, Gliss to the three, or Deeds to the, th- to the three, keep Gliss at the four, maybe keep Deeds at the lock, you know, put Lottie on it as more natural position before this year of, of a sharp. Um, there are a lot of variables at play, and it's going to be about whichever team can best integrate um, their new player, and crucially for this year, which team can do it quickly, if at all. Uh, because if you're not able to do it quickly for either of these teams, you're not making the playoffs. Well, yeah. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Len. I, I was just going to say, for me, I think that the Heat, um, 
I think there's less questions for this trade with the Heat. I think uh, we saw their best lineup in this tournament. Um, and the player that they just attained uh, happened to be a player that could fit right into the role that Chiching was playing. So I think that's what the Heat will end up doing. Um, but as Josiah hit on with with the Jazz, yeah, I mean, Lottie, Deeds, Gliz, two through four, I think they've all shown that they could play those positions outside of Deeds maybe being able to play the Sharp. I've never seen him play that, but... Uh, but yeah, I mean, so it'll be interesting to see how they're all um, utilized now. I know Gliz coming into, you know, all year he played sharp and then he came into the league and they, you know, they already had Moam, they already had Kev Don't Miss. So uh, Gliz showed his versatility in, in playing at the four and he's been great on it. But, um, you know, if you're able to then have, you know, two defensive minded players and Lottie and Deeds play in the pick and roll, have one of them play rim protector, have one of them play lockdown and then move Gliz back to his natural position at Sharp, uh, I, I think that's what I'd be most interested in seeing. But as Josiah said, you know, Lottie, you know, playing Pro-Am all these years, played Sharp. Uh, so if they tried him at that, if they wanted to keep Kev in the lineup, uh, I mean, I, I think the Jazz have a lot of options um, now. I think with Moam, uh, Moam has proven to just be a Sharp, not really show any type of versatility as far as archetypes go. Um Whereas everyone else on this roster, I think even compete and and Rhea have have played different positions than what they're playing right now. So uh, I think just with this Jazz uh, lineup, um, uh, Coach Comp has uh, you know has has a bunch of different uh, uh, weapons he can he can uh, throw out there. Well, I was gonna say to Josiah's point about integrating um, these new players that also matters. Um, could this trade affect any sort of retentions or protections Absolutely. for these teams? In and, the and I talked about this in my trade grades article, oh. uh, which we'll no doubt read. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think I think each team sort of has the obvious its obvious players for protection um, in the off season. We don't know if it's going to be two or three, um, but it, it doesn't entirely matter in terms of just protection. But both these players could very well be retained um, after the expansion draft, where most likely you can only lose one player. Um, you know, if, and if there aren't so many expansion teams, um, and even if you know one player gets picked, say let's from the Heat, for example, you know, does Hood go in the expansion draft? In which case, you know, maybe the the Heat, you know, look at retaining Moab, you know, if, if he performs well as a sharp and if he fits in well there. Um, and then for the Jazz, you know, Lottie and Deeds are, are uh, Lottie and Compete, excuse me, um, are are very very close. You know, Lottie could very well be uh, retained. You know, especially if if three guys get protected, um, and you know he's the first first guy up for retention um, after the expansion draft. So this definitely could work out in the long run. Uh, it feels a little more for the Heat like it's a, a deadline day deal. Uh, which in the end it was, you know, just trying to trying to, you know, grasp at every straw, play all the cards to get back into the playoffs. Uh, but it's something that could definitely uh, play in for both teams in the long run. So it, it does kind of sound like there's only going to be two protections again this year. Um, Adam Rubin was talking about that on Twitter. Uh, he was saying that there haven't been any actual discussions on. Um, changing the amount of protections that teams will have uh that doesn't necessarily mean that it's confirmed or guaranteed but in all likelihood it sounds like 
there are only going to be two protections. Right. And that, that limits, I think, these players' chances of being retained, in a sense, because for the Jazz, you, know, you have to look at compete and first overall pick Rhea. Um, and, yep. then, and then Deeds has to be in the mix there um, as for, for the top retention slot, you know, just due to the fact that he's been there. They love him. Uh, he's been there already two years now. For the Heat, there's a pretty clear-cut three-man core of hotshot, majestic, and drop-off. And so you know, a second retention is costly. You know, especially if you don't have someone picked in the expansion draft, um, as as the Jazz might not. Um, but we'll see. You know, it could very well depend on the number of expansion teams and how comfortable these teams are with these players after this stretch run for the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, uh, I think you, I think you have to, you'd have to be foolish to not think um, famous isn't thinking long term. Uh, just uh, you know what he's shown uh, uh, his ability to make changes as recently as we just saw uh, last week in the in the in the uh, ticket. But uh, yeah, I think with this move, uh, as we've been saying all all podcast, uh, Heat Check don't really have a good chance to uh, qualify for the playoffs this year. So why would they make a move? And then you think, oh, okay, next year, you know, maybe they he he'll have more pickings at. Uh, if say a player like drop off isn't retained, um, you know he still has Hood and and Moam to look at to to retain for some picks next year, or who knows if it is in fact uh, two picks next year. What what the what um, happens? But I think uh, yeah, I think for Heat Check and, and specifically though with not being able to qualify, uh, being able to have a bunch of players uh, in comparison to last year where they maybe had three guys, which they ended up keeping all three that they um, considered retaining. I think everyone else was pretty much off their board. Um, this year, you know, they, they have at least five guys uh, that you could, you wouldn't be shocked if they gave up a pick to keep uh, going into uh, season three. Uh, Jazz, I think too, but I think Jazz uh, are more so looking at it from the standpoint of they still have a chance to, to make the playoff push and you know if they could bring in a player like Lottie um who's a who's more a versatile player and it, uh you know it allows them to try some different lineups that can maybe work out better for them uh and and be better uh you know give them better better chances to to qualify this year uh while they also have the same luxury of having you know they maybe have six guys you wouldn't be shocked that they brought back next year so uh um so yeah I, I I think that's pretty much uh, the difference uh, for the deal is that Heatcheck can't qualify this year and and Jazz like the versatility and Lottie and still being able to uh, qualify this year. Okay. Uh, any other burning topics that we must talk about on this podcast? There'll be plenty more good topics to talk about uh, in the coming weeks. Yeah. Um, playoff race. Oh man, it's it's going to be a big one because. All these teams that are racing for the playoffs, they're playing each other. They're all playing each other. So um, we'll, we'll see how much clarity we get on that by the end of next week. But uh, we've run about 45 minutes now, so I, I, I think that's a pretty good time to wrap this up. Um, Josiah, where can the people find you in all of your wonderful content? Well, you can find Dimer's wonderful playoff race tracker on dimer2k.com which is coincidentally also where you can find my writing what a coincidence 
Yeah. Tell me. No. <laughs> so uh, you can also find my uh, writing and analysis at dimer2k.com. Uh, yeah, and and also um, I, I say this every week, but I, I like to uh, blurb and write stuff on Twitter uh, in regards to the league and my thoughts in regards to it. So, um, yeah, uh, you can follow me there at Len underscore 2K. You can find me at Will Beverina, B-E-V-E-R-I-N-A. Uh, I edit mostly. I write some for Dimer2K.com. Follow Dimer at Dimer2K. But if you're listening to this podcast and you don't follow Dimer, then what are you doing? Um, so that's where you can find all of us, where we will be calmly going about our days, um, not worrying about geometric shapes uh thank you everyone for listening uh appreciate that we will be back next week probably just talk about the playoff race as mentioned before and uh we'll see how things shake out in week nine there's some pretty big games here um that that we'll be sure to talk about so uh see you then and thanks for listening